2: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
0: Joining me right now to talk a little NBA accent from Sirius XM's NBA radio, Gerald Brown. Gerald, Jody Mac here. First of all, how are your holidays? Jody, I, I, I feel great and likewise, always a pleasure to be with you and the
1: holidays are great. Uh, you know, it's just a question of the, I, I guess the biggest question that's out there in, in, in the NBA circles is where will James Harden end up and how that whole situation will play out.
0: And uh, we'll get to see him back out on the floor. How long? Any uh, Rocket uniform? Uh, You and I will talk about that in a second. But first things first, I like the matchups they came up with on Christmas Day. They seemed very inviting. I was very much looking forward to it. We saw some good basketball played by at least one team in every game. Not one game was within 10 points in the final score A couple of them were just stone-cold blowouts and lopsided. Did uh, the NBA, like Jody McDonald, make a mistake in thinking we were going to have a couple of good games yesterday?
1: No, I I think the biggest challenge for the NBA, and that's why I always got to give kudos to Adam Silver and NBA front office along with the Players Association to really get this schedule right. You know, in years past, I, I was thinking about this leading up to Christmas Day, and I kept trying to figure out why was it on paper, you know, these matchups so great. And I think the only team that I might have had a disagreement or an argument and said, hey, I would have loved to see them play instead of Pelicans. And that was John Moran of the, Mem- of the Memphis Grizzlies. But it, it, the biggest thing has been is that the fact is that the season was, has, is so new. We haven't had time for a lot of the issues with some of these teams to factor in injuries or things of that nature to take place. So everything was new. So this was kind of like a Christmas present. We got all chance as NBA fans unwrap on Christmas day and uh, the end results wasn't as, as much as we expected and we would have liked, but the biggest thing from the standpoint is you had all of your stars out there and the NBA has to feel good about that.
0: They did get all these stars in in the first couple of nights. The NBA actually got underway a couple of days prior to yesterday. And uh, some teams have actually gotten two games under their belt. And I know it's only two games, and I'm not uh, crowning them champion after just two games. But I'll tell you who's the best team in the first two games that's the Brooklyn Nets. And it hasn't been close. They've won both games, they played in blowout fashion. Now, personally, I think Kyrie Irving, uh, Kyrie Irving might be from another planet, uh, and I think that planet is flat, but I'm not sure. But he's playing like he's from another planet right now. The guy has been phenomenal so far. I'm not always sure what he's thinking, but I know he's thinking right when it comes to putting the ball in the basket to start the season. Yeah,
1: you know, one thing that can be said, and, you know, it's we, you know, I might not agree with everything that Kyrie Irving does off the court, and some of the issues and things of that nature. But when you put him on that basketball court, and if he's healthy, he is definitely a problem. And he's a problem that's a good problem if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan. And really, what we got a chance to see him, along with Kevin Durant, is those guys take turns in really inflicting and imposing their will against the Boston Celtics team. Who was uh, clearly overmatched, and in the the first game of the season for the Golden State Warriors to face against Kyrie Irving and, and and Kevin Durant, uh, it was unfair. But clearly, the the Brooklyn Nets look like they're going to be one of the top teams coming out of that Eastern Conference. I think the biggest challenge will be when they play the Philadelphia 76ers. How will they, you know, play defense, and how will they be able to handle? A guy that's a big that's in that middle or coming out and causing some problems that Joel Embiid is able to sort of create off the dribble or stand out there and shoot jumpers or if he's getting the ball on the block. How will they be able to defend that? And what will that situation look like? But I think early early on, the, uh, the the returns are very very good for the Brooklyn Nets especially in an Eastern Conference that's wide open between them. I don't know. You might want to say Milwaukee, but uh, Milwaukee, and, and maybe Philly. But other than that, I think Brooklyn sits at the top of it in the Eastern Conference.
0: They do have two games, and I know it's only two games, but they look darn good. And, yes, they don't have a star center, but they've got a couple of guys who can go in and bang and at least give fouls. Joel Embiid may end up taking a lot of foul shots against the Nets. That is a fun matchup we'll be looking for down the road, Sixers and Nets. We're talking to Gerald Brown from Sirius XMs. NBA Radio. All right, let's jump back to uh, what you kind of let us down, the James Harden question. Major issues over the past several weeks, him not being happy, trying to talk his way out of Houston, not showing up for camp, then he does uh, get out and have some good times and just blow away NBA and Rocket Protocol gets uh, notice on social media, out at strip clubs with no mask, and the like, is James Harden just being James Harden or is James Harden doing everything he can to make himself an ex-Rocket as soon as possible?
1: Well, I I think it's a combination of both. You know, Jody, if you go back, this is a franchise that, you know,
0: did they give him
1: too much? I mean, James Harden has been able to really dictate a lot of things with the Houston Rockets. Look, he he wanted uh, Chris Paul in there. He got Chris Paul. That didn't work out. Uh, decision to bring in Russell Westbrook that didn't work out. Even enticed, you know, the whole situation with John Wall. They had been working out during the sort of off season, and you know, lo and behold, he's in a situation where he still wants to leave. So I think it's you know you can look at it twofold where he was given a lot, he was given the keys to the castle, and now he wants to leave. And I think he's probably doing as much as he possibly can to force the issue. But I, I think, you know, the person I feel the, the, the most for is a guy like Steven Silas, Jody. He waits 20 years and, and puts in 20 years as an assistant coach, pays his dues, and he gets this great opportunity to lead the Houston Rockets. And now you've had all these situations and you finally get through the COVID-19 protocols and do all those things. You have a game canceled, not enough players and stuff. James Harden is uh, going to play tonight. He's going to be able to play that first game. But just the issues that surrounding that. And I think the biggest thing will be, no matter how long this takes, it's always going to be a question that's going to be posed uh, to Silas. You know, when is James going to be traded? Is James liking his situation? As opposed to Harden coming out and saying, hey, look, I'm here. I'm going to play basketball and then do whatever I can to help this team win.
0: Yeah, he's not going there. I don't think he's built that way. I don't see him handling his business that way. How he plays, he should play some because otherwise he's, every time he misses a game, and I heard the commissioner talking about him the other day, if he had missed a game, would have missed a game check, one seventy second of however many games they're going to play this year, it adds up real fast. So Harden's going to make it onto the floor, and he's going to play because he wants to earn his salary but I don't know what level he's going to play at, and that will dictate how much they're going to get in trade for him, at least in part. When do you think it would be most advantageous for the Rockets to move him? Uh, just assuming that he doesn't do anything to hurt his value, as his value is right now, and stays there. Better now? Better leading up to the trade deadline? Or try and get through this whole year and trade him during the offseason if you're Houston? Well, I think it, it
1: it boils down to a game of chicken. I think, look, if if you know now the you you've been hearing certain like certain things that we heard he wanted to go to the Brooklyn Nets, you know the Houston Rockets, you know basically whatever they were offering, and rightfully so, the Sean Marks and the people with the Brooklyn Nets didn't bite and say, hey, we're going to just give you the farm for him, and and now you have a situation where. There are teams out there, and they've expanded the list. Now you're hearing Portland Trailblazers. You're hearing the Boston Celtics, among other teams, along with the Philadelphia 76ers, there's still the Nets. And if I'm a general manager for any of those teams, I'm not going to give up that much for an individual that, A, wants out of there. B, the team, the Rockets, know that. So what they're going to have to do is going to be a situation where it's kind of a game of chicken. Are the Rockets going to lower their demand and take whatever's available, or are they going to just stand pat and be in a situation where it's like, hey, we're going to go to the best offer that's available? Um, I've had this joke going on, and I've been talking with this uh with my co-host, Rick Mahorn. I'm trying to figure out between D.J. LeMay of the Yankees and, and James Harden, which guy will sign or which will be moved or what type of movement will we have in regards to both those guys. And I think right now, you know, it might come down to trade deadline. It might come down to a situation where, look, if there's a team or a player that gets hurt for a team, will they ante up and give the uh, necessary value? But Uh, It's a very difficult situation on the Rockets, and I think they would obviously prefer to move him sooner than later and be able to just move forward. But I don't think that this is going to get resolved anytime soon. And then keep in mind, Jody, he's still under contract for two more years. So if this doesn't work out, the Rockets could just play hardball and keep him and then basically just have him wait it out because he's going to continue to play, like you mentioned, wanting to get his paychecks.
0: Yeah, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to go AWOL, but he won't make it easy for the Rockets either. And he will be a big uh, deciding factor in where he's going to be traded. Because as you say, he's got two more years to go. A team's going to want to know that this is a place that he wants to come and he's going to honor the contract and not be a headache when he shows up there. Because the NBA players are as empowered as they are. They have a big control over over their own sport but when something like this happens with Harden and you can see that he's just kind of spitting in the face of his organization by going out and not following protocols and not showing up is this player empowerment run amuck in the NBA
1: well I think sometimes you know
0: I, you know I, I'm kind of on the other side
1: of that Jody I look at sometimes when we say that the players do have a lot of power and a lot of control in some of the decisions that they make. But I think the ramifications financially sometimes really, really just, again, it, it might not rear as we head now it, and sometimes down the line. Think about it. You, you look at a guy like uh, Anthony Davis, who's in this situation. He signs his new deal. He gets his money. He left about $75 million on the table with the New Orleans Hornets. You go to LeBron James, LeBron has made a ton of money, but can you imagine if he would have stayed with the Cleveland Cavaliers, he would have roughly had a salary annually, believe it or not, of $65 million. So I think that, yes, the players have control in some regards in, in the surface, but later down, down the line, I believe it catches up to all of them. You know, Harden has already turned down... A deal, whatever, paid him annually, uh, like per year, fifty million dollars. So, with, when we say control and the power, what does that really mean? Because at the end of the day, they're leaving a lot of money on the table that is not, you know, smart business. Smart business to be doing. Um, I tell you this: I, if he does, you know, come up off of some of the demands and whatever, maybe there's a team like a Portland Trailblazers who you have Damian Lillard. You have C.J. McCollum. They've really struggled to find that third additional score, preferably on that perimeter. If you bring in a Harden to that mix and you're Portland and you're looking at an opportunity to say, hey, the Lakers might have a window of maybe two years at best. Could you position yourself to make a challenge and a run at them, being that there's perhaps maybe there's no other team that's in that mix that has sort of said that this will be the challenger to the L.A. Lakers?
0: You mentioned the Lakers and the teams taking a run at them. Uh, Again, very early in the season, just two games. I actually questioned some of the move the Lakers made during the offseason because I thought they lost some veteran guys who've been there, done that, and contributed uh, not as much as LeBron and AD, but a pretty good amount to last year's championship uh, team in uh, Rajon Rondo and also Dwight Howard. But I got to tell you, Montrezl Harrell and Dennis Schroeder, the guys that are basically replacing those two, have looked pretty darn good. There's even conversation of a contract extension uh, potentially going down for Dennis Schroeder. Do you think the Lakers are as well-positioned talent-wise as they were last year when they won the championship?
1: I think so. I think that, you know, I, I agree with you in terms of, look, Ray John Rondo comes in there. He's a veteran. You need him kind of what you really want him for, which is the playoffs and down that stretch to be another ball handler handler and facilitator to help out with those duties with LeBron James. But the clear the clear denominator in this whole situation, yes, they probably lost a little size, not only with you know losing Dwight Howard, but also JaVel McGee. That possibly could be a problem. But I, I love what they brought in in terms of Montrez Howard, uh Mark Gasol. These are guys that I think clearly, everyone that has been brought in, they know their role. And then let's keep in mind, the team is centered around LeBron James. He's still the best player in the league. So that's half the battle. And I believe Rob Palinka and the rest of that uh, management, if they're in a situation around the trade deadline, they will go out and get another piece here and there preferably a big. But I think right now on on paper and what they have and what they've been able to show in these two games, they have nice pieces that are going to fit. And like I said before, I like Montrez as well as Marcus. You're going to need those guys come playoff time. All
0: right, Gerald, you're going to help me make a decision here because I uh, respect your basketball knowledge and grasp on what's going on in the NBA. I appreciate it. I, I saw earlier this week. That not one, but actually more than half of the betting outlets. And I have access to the numbers that are up on a lot of the legal wagering outlets. Uh, I don't have a, an account for them, but I can get to their numbers uh, and find out what kind of odds they're offering. A bunch of them have uh, offers for the NBA's MVP. And mm-hmm. Luka Doncic was the favorite on more than half of the wagering outlets that I went to, which I was a little surprised by. Don't get me wrong, I love Luka. I think he's a phenomenal player, and I think he's surely a candidate, but I'm not sure he should be the favorite. If I told you I was going to bet an L.A. Laker to win the MVP, would you advise me to bet LeBron James or Anthony Davis? I would advise you, uh, Jody, to bet LeBron
1: James because how can you go wrong? You know, uh, he's the guy that's, uh, if you will, the straw that stirs the drink, he's the guy that, again, based upon his experience his experience and his track record, yes, it makes a whole lot of sense to really put your money on him. But I think, if anything, between him and Anthony Davis, my dark horse, if you will, now, if I give it to you, is sure. a guy that, that really, in two games, we're looking at, and I'm saying, wait a minute, nobody's talking about Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. Provided, you know, they're able to stay healthy, you know, you're looking at a situation where Durant in that Eastern Conference and what he's been able to show in these two games, especially coming off of a serious injury and Achilles tear. I mean, how could you argue with either one of those guys clearly being an MVP? So, yes, it was great for Doncic to be that sort of guy that Vegas and all the betting outlets are sort of heralding as the the uh, MVP favorite, but I think w- without him having Kristaps Porzingis and a team that uh, sorely needs to learn how to rebound the ball, especially what they showed in their game against the Lakers, it's going to be very hard to consider him. Especially if he doesn't have that sort of wingman, if you will, and the unicorn to make things a lot easier for him. And because of that, I think it's wide open. You might even consider a guy like Giannis. But I think Durant and Irving definitely have to be in that mix along with uh, Anthony Davis, and
0: LeBron James. Well, the one you can probably take out of the mix is Steph Curry because he's going to be stuck on the uh, Golden State Warriors, who aren't going to be a very good team. Sorry, I know it's only two games. They weren't competitive <laughs> either game. I'm sorry, uh, Warrior fans. You might have to wait till Clay Thompson gets back before you guys get back into the mix in conversations like champion and MVP. Well, I champion uh, Gerald Brown. Whenever I turn on Sirius XM's NBA radio, I always appreciate it whenever he comes on with us. Gerald, glad you had a uh, Merry Holiday. Hopefully, you have a great New Year. I will be talking to you again in 2021.
1: Sounds like a plan, Jody Mack. And as always, appreciate listening to you. You do an excellent job. You and your family stay safe and happy holidays.
0: Gerald Brown, Series XM NBA Radio, here with us on.